Welcome back to Catch Ups in My Kitchen, the podcast about all things food. I am Georgia, host of the podcast, and I'm so excited to be back. After three weeks off, we have some really exciting guests and episodes to share with you. Whilst we have been off, we have been elevating our production. We are now on YouTube, and there's a lot more exciting things to come, such as an event, but I will share all of that with you as soon as I can. In the meantime, let me introduce you to our guest this week. I am joined by Dr. Simon Chard. He is a cosmetic dentist. He's also the president of the British Academy of Cosmetic Dentistry, and he's the co-founder of Parlor, the toothpaste tab brand, which is on a mission to redefine the way we brush our teeth. All I can say is wow. I learned so much in this episode. I have always looked after my teeth after having quite a journey with braces when I was younger to now composite bonding and whitening. So I really do like to look after my oral health. But having spoken to Simon today, I was actually amazed with how much I didn't know. I also loved getting under the skin of Parla in this episode and talking about why toothpaste tubes as we know it are really damaging our oceans. Simon shares some crazy statistics as we are all trying to do our bit to help protect the planet. Whether it's by using metal straws or by bringing our tote bags to the supermarkets, we're all trying to do our bit, but no one really talks about using toothpaste tabs rather than tubes. Simon has kindly left some product with me and I think I'm about to be completely converted. As the combination of aesthetic packaging, convenience, great taste and sustainability is enough to make me switch from the Colgate to Parlor. Honestly, this is such a fantastic episode about all things dental hygiene and the link to your overall health, which I think you're going to love. So please enjoy the episode and have a lovely rest of your day. Great. Simon, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really excited to talk all things oral health. I think there's a lot to go into here. To start off with, do you mind giving us a quick elevator pitch on who you are and what you do? Yeah, sure. Thank you so much for having me. Really excited to be here. Um, so yeah, I'm Dr. Simon Chard. Um, I, I live many lives simultaneously, I think it's fair to say. So um, I'm by trade a cosmetic dentist. I'm currently the president of the British Academy of Cosmetic Dentistry. So uh, that's a role that I'm holding for the next year. Um, and I'm also the co-founder of Parlour Toothpaste Tabs, which is a next generation uh, oral care brand disrupting the toothpaste, mouthwash, toothbrush space that I'm, I'm sure we'll get on to. Um, and then I'm also a, an international lecturer in dentistry as well. So I go around the world teaching other dentists on um, cosmetic dentistry, on using technology in dentistry and that sort of thing. Uh, and I'm also the father of, of two young kids as well. So I keep myself pretty busy. You are busy. <laughs> I love how you added in being a father because sometimes people just go on about their kind of what they do and then they forget that part at home as well. So that's really, really nice. I think, I think people are too... Uh, the first thing you say when you meet someone new is like, what do you do? But I always say, and I actually put this in my lectures to the young dentist, that dentistry is what I do, it's not who I am. And actually my focus on why I'm doing things and focus on uh, making that space and time for being a dad or being a husband and all that sort of stuff is, is really important to me. A hundred percent, I completely agree. So to start off, we have a quick fire round about all things food, because that's kind of generally what the podcast is about. Let's go. Sweet or savoury? Savoury. Pizza or pasta? Oh, that's tough. I love both. Um, pasta. 
What is your go-to cuisine? Number one would be Japanese. Good one. Cook in or eat out? Eat out. And what's your favourite delivery? Wagamoas. Yeah, good one. <laughs> Even though they've stopped having it in my local area now, so really? I'm devastated. We've got one just right next door now, and I'm like, that is dangerous. Yeah, that is, is really, really dangerous. <laughs> so I want to start with how you got into cosmetic dentistry. What was your journey to get there? Yeah, sure. So uh, it's, I guess it's in some ways a bit of a strange journey because both my parents were dentists, um, but I didn't go into dentistry to start with. So I actually went to Bristol University to study pharmacology. So that's drugs, not farms. Um, and funnily enough, the guy in the room next to me uh, at, in my halls was a guy called Tom Crawford Clark. He's uh, now a very successful dentist, but at the time he was in training. I saw all the fun stuff that he was doing in dentistry, the amazing community that he had, um, the way that he was able to use his hands practically and also um, like be looking at the science and all that sort of thing and actually helping people. Um, and that's what sort of spurred me on, strangely enough, to go back and sort of revisit dentistry, even though my parents had been dentists the whole time and I, for some reason, had sort of moved away from that, maybe a childish sort of view of not wanting to do the same thing that my parents did. Um, so yeah, so I spent three years at Bristol, Got a, got what I needed to get in uh, in pharmacology. Did most of my parting in my uh, in my Bristol days and got that sort of undergraduate thing out of the way, um, and then went on to the fast track course at King's to do my dentistry. And I think at that stage, all my mates had gone into the city and they had jobs and they were working, and I was still living with them in London. So uh, I sort of viewed dentistry with a different mindset to the undergrads that were there who had just come straight out of school. And I think that gave me a bit of a head start with regards to my career, um, which meant that as soon as I qualified, I'd already won quite a lot of awards and I went into really good jobs, into the top practices. Um, my link with the British Academy of Cosmetic Dentistry from that undergraduate level also helped with all of that as well. So um, that's sort of the story as to how I became a dentist really. And um, as, soon as, I, as soon as I started, I really found my it sounds a bit cliche but found my passion but and I've been a pretty average student up until that stage I've not really excelled and then when I fell into dentistry I started winning all these awards and and then almost recreated myself um in a new image uh, not intentionally just by the nature of success I guess it sort of reshaped me into this heavily ambitious driven individual that I am today and and that's led to all of this success I guess and a variety of different awards over the years and um, yeah eventually to partner. Amazing and why cosmetic dentistry out of all the kind of different options within the dentist industry I guess why cosmetic? It's the area where you can have the biggest impact on other human beings I mean it's um, it's a beautiful mix cosmetic dentistry of science art engineering um, all sort of thrown into one mix and then also having the people-to-people -people skills to be able to communicate to a patient why they need something, why they don't need something else, manage the huge amount of dental anxiety that there is in the world. Um, most people don't like coming to see the dentist, but at least with a cosmetic dentist, that's a bit more of a sweetener at the end rather than just a filling or something like that. Yeah. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really proud of the cosmetic dentistry that I do. Um, social media has played a huge part in my growth um, as a clinician. And um, I'm really proud of the fact that we now have patients coming from all over the country, even all over the world, people flying in from Germany and, and all over Europe um, to come and have the work that we do. So it's, yeah, you wouldn't have that for fillings, I don't think. No, definitely <laughs> not. And I think I want to touch on the fact that it's more than just teeth. Like I think 
I, you know, growing up I have braces, I've had stuff done to my teeth, and I think it's because smile is just so important. Like, I'm mm. such a smiley person. Mm. If I couldn't smile or didn't have the confidence to smile, that would affect who I am massively. Mm-hmm. So I think you're not just affecting someone's, like, teeth. You're, you're affecting their confidence, their their smile, their happiness. Do you find that? You see that? You must see that every day. Absolutely. And, and you see it in the, in the immediate. So you see it when you turn the mirror around and they see their new smile for the first time. And there's been many tears in my surgery. Good tears, thankfully. Some bad <laughs> tears as well, but we won't talk about those. But um, there's been many times where you turn the mirror around and there's just that immediate emotional reaction. And I mean, this is one of the reasons that although Parlour is like growing astronomically well and has been so successful, it's one of the reasons that I don't, I can't like leave what I do completely. Um, and there's other reasons as well that we can go into later, but it, it's, there's very few situations in life where you can have such a massive impact on the emotional status of a human being. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me personally, I've, I've had cosmetic dentistry myself um, and I used to be what I describe a closed mouth smiler. Um, which I see quite frequently and I treat quite a lot of male models and funnily enough quite a lot of them are closed mouth smilers as well um, but I used to do that because I had small teeth and, and I didn't like my smile had cosmetic dentistry do it done and then suddenly I can like be in this huge cheesy smile really confidently so I've experienced it myself and like certainly for my patients once they've had this work done and we do very complicated work sometimes which takes sometimes up to a year to complete uh, the change in the human being that you see when they come back for that next review is is just flabbergasting and you see them start to take more care of themselves and the way that they look and, and like more focus on their health and all those sort of things and I like to think that I use cosmetic dentistry as like a Trojan horse for better health in general mm-hmm. um, and that's certainly what I see with regards to the, the way they look after themselves after they've had it done. Definitely I think We'll touch on the link between teeth and health a bit later, but I think it is really, really interesting and there is a massive link there mm. and not one that people understand enough, I don't think, but we'll touch on that. I want to touch firstly on Parlour. So I want to know why you started Parlour, how you became close to Dr. Rona and Dr. Adash, how that relationship happened and how Parlour was formed. Yeah, sure. So uh, me, Rona and Ads have been friends for many years. Uh, Rona and myself are um, relatively similar individuals in the industry and in that we're sort of influencers, social media, dental influencer type. It's a weird space. Um, <laughs> but we've both sort of come up through that together. Um, we met at a British Academy of Cosmetic Dentistry uh, event and we've been friends for many years. Uh, Adarsh is kind of the quiet guy behind the scenes, but he was a business mentor for both me and Rona um, before starting Parlour. So he was a natural fit for us to go and sort of speak to about this project that, that we've been sort of discussing casually but to answer your question the, the main reason we created Parlour is just defined by one sentence really which is every tube of toothpaste you've ever used still exists somewhere on the planet they take 500 years to decompose gradually making its way into the ecosystem into the oceans and then into our bloodstream and even into our breast milk if you've seen the more recent research um, that was shocking to me um, uh, I was on the Channel 4 TV advert in 2019 for Oral-B. Rona was on the TV advert for Sensodyne and, and worked with Regenerate and other... I probably shouldn't be saying these names on a podcast, but anyway, uh, working with other big multinational companies. And we were, in essence, part of the problem. We were helping these companies with our profiles in the industry to carry on indoctrinating the next generation of dentists and give credibility to the brands. Now, 
it's not to say those brands don't work to protect your oral health, but uh, they have a huge detrimental impact. 20 billion toothpaste tubes go into landfill in the ocean each year. So they play a huge part in our sector in the environmental impact. And do they consider all the health benefits of the ingredients that they're using or are they driven purely by profit? I don't think I need to answer that question. No. Um, and so we could see that actually we were living our lives in a very sustainable way, um, using reusable water bottles, trying to make all these changes in our lives, using shampoo bars, that sort of thing to reduce our waste. But then I was handing out these tiny little plastic tubes of toothpaste because they gave them to me for free to all my patients. Um, and they're used for a week and then they last forever. Like every single toothpaste tube forever. <laughs> um, it is, it is. And, and we were a big part of that problem. So we thought, right, what can we do to actually um, create something that dentists and hygienists are going to be happy to recommend to their patients, um, but that is going to have the minimum amount of negative impact on the planet, um, be the best for our health, like especially Rona and I, we're obsessed with like using the latest supplements and AG1 and like all this sort of everything that we can do to optimize our health. But then again, in oral health, we were just using the sort of the, almost the bog standard um, products. And so we wanted to really focus on health, focus on ingredients, focus on eradicating single-use plastic from the environment. So that's why all of our packaging with Parla is uh, zero waste, uh, zero plastic, zero to landfill. Um, it's either compostable, uh, infinitely recyclable, um, or ideally refillable. Um, so most of our products through our direct-to-consumer channels anyway are completely refillable with plant-based compostable bags. So yeah, that's kind of the, the backstory. We, we started with one product, we've now got a range of, of five oral care products and we're really trying to be the next generation for customers or patients uh, and be the next generation for the profession as well. And by leveraging our profiles, we've managed to make it that basically every dentist or hygienist in the UK knows who Parler are. Mm. Previously, I would never have recommended a non-mainstream toothpaste brand because I'm sure we'll get onto fluoride at some point today, but removing fluoride from toothpaste can have really detrimental impacts on the oral health of my patients. I've seen it firsthand. Mm. And so we had to keep in the right ingredients, remove the ones that we didn't need, like sulfates and that sort of stuff. Um, and that's what we've created with all of our products, basically. Amazing. It's a whole kind of different world because we... I mean, I'm plant-based myself and like I don't eat fish because of the oceans. I don't, a lot of it is because of the environment and we're kind of, it's broadcasted a lot about like cut down on meat, cut down on fish, da da da. That's kind of really common conversation now. Mm -hmm. But toothpaste is not a common conversation. Like I went to my dentist recently and they were like talking about Regenerate mm -hmm. and like that was what they were kind of talking to me about. And mm -hmm. like, you know, I use it, it's great. Mm -hmm. But like, why? you know actually they should be promoting the well, parlor really because you've yeah. got you know it's it's sustainable and it is actually crazy how one toothpaste tube lasts forever and i think i saw this quote on your website and it just said that in a minute in 2050 i think it was there'll be more plastic in the sea than fish yeah i mean and that's, that's why and that's, that's, honest, that's why me and, me and ads especially started the brand because i, mean, I had my first child in 2018 we started the brand in 2019 uh, behind the scenes with the R&D. Um, when I realized that my daughter was going to be 30 by the time we hit that 2050 mark, uh, basically the same age as me, I mean, that scared the shit out of me. I don't know if I'm to swear on it. Yeah, um, but um, because I love the ocean, like the ocean is everything to me. Like I'm never happier than when I'm by the ocean, on the ocean, in the ocean. Like that's my focus in life. Um, and when I'm, for example, there was this 
awful situation a couple of years ago where I was on the beach in Cyprus with my daughter. We were swimming in the ocean. We happened across these two incredible uh, leatherback green turtles, I think they were, um, just swimming in this harbour. And it was such an amazing experience. Like we both went in together. She was on my back. Just a, a really like bonding, incredible experience being so close to nature like that. And then we go back onto the beach and it's just covered in microplastics. And it's like, this is so depressing. Like, mm. if this is what it's like now and we carry on this single-use lifestyle that we're all so used to, um, then what's it going to be like mm. when, uh, when we get to, when, when our kids get to our age? Like, it, it, yeah. And this is obviously a very small part of a much bigger problem, but I think it's up to everyone, all the industry leaders in all the different sectors to to drive this forward and and i think now that seems to be happening like brands like cano water coming in and disrupting the single-use mm. water space and loads of other brands being much more focused on sustainability hopefully we'll see a change but definitely but i want to talk about i don't normally name drop on here but i don't think colgate will listen to this because it's <laughs> still quite small um but on the back of a colgate toothpaste now yeah. it says recyclable yeah but it's not so firstly how can they do that mm. and secondly what do they mean because if it's not yeah so um this is classic greenwashing really but in essence it can be recycled okay so that's the first thing to say they're not lying in that mm. regard but what they are doing is they're excluding important truths about the reality of the situation so the first thing to say is that only 12 percent of recyclable plastics actually get recycled that comes from the big plastic count from last year where they investigated how many household plastics get recycled so 12% of all recycled plastics actually get to the recycling plant irrelevant if it's a toothpaste tube or anything else um, the next thing to say is that uh, it's even less than that from the bathroom because people don't have recycling bins in their bathroom so they're even less likely to recycle these things um, if it does get thrown in the recycling bin a lot of local councils won't accept it so it's not uniformly accepted by every local council. It's a specific type of plastic. So oftentimes it will end up being discarded and thrown into landfill anyway. If it does get through all of those barriers, so we're talking like um, a tiny percentage of, of actually all of these tubes, it can only be recycled a finite number of times before the plastic denatures and it ends up in landfill anyway. So in the best case scenario, they're delaying the problem to the next generation. In reality, in most cases, is going straight into landfill and it's plastic made of fossil fuels so it's going to create nasty microplastics which are going to be harmful to all animals and ourselves and mm. the whole of our ecosystem okay. so it's, it's not a true solution and i think look for us as parlor it would have been so much easier for us to create a toothpaste like a, a traditional yeah. toothpaste like how easy would that have been yeah. we are asking people to change one of the most commonly done habits of a lifetime but the reason that we're doing that is that this is honestly better like it's better for the planet it's better for you it's actually a better experience like we use toothpaste out of a tube because it's the way we've always done it but do you like the crusty tube end do you like yeah. trying to get the last little bit out of your toothpaste tube yeah. do you like it when it explodes in your bag and you can't travel with it um this is a better way of doing it and actually no one knows how much toothpaste to use most people have been trained i mean me and you were probably trained in the 80s by aquafresh with like putting 18 stripes of toothpaste on our yeah. brushes so they could sell more product um, with this, you get the perfect dose every time, and it's just a better way to do things. So, but it is an uphill struggle, and I think that's we always want to create products that are truly game-changing, but also truly effective. Mm. It's really easy in this game to greenwash marketing claims, charcoal, recyclable plastic, all this sort of crap. But 
we only want to create stuff that actually solves the problem properly. And this is a closed loop situation where actually it's zero to landfill, zero waste. Our recyclable bags turn into plant food. It's literally nothing detrimental to the planet. Yeah, which is amazing. But also that does come with struggle for you guys in terms of that's a lot of work to get to that point. I think that's yeah. also really important to highlight because you know at the moment in the world we live in we are we do have a high expectation of brands to be all you know zero waste but that comes with its struggles which i'm sure you guys have done so much work in the background to ensure all of this Mm -hmm. but how does it work so i mean it sounds like a silly question but like how how, do you use it yeah how do you use it okay well I'll i'll get our toothpaste out here uh, so this is our pro toothpaste. So you mentioned Regenerate earlier. So the, the key ingredient in Regenerate is the same as the one in here, Cytroxy Appetite, mm. which actually remineralizes your tooth enamel. So it's a really cool ingredient. Um, so if you drink fizzy drinks and, or have early areas of decay, this will actually turn back the clock on those and, and protect the teeth for the future. Oh. Also creates this really nice like glossy shine. But basically what you have in here is a toothpaste tablet. Mm-hmm. So you pop one of these in, you chew it for five seconds, you bring a wet brush in, and then it turns into a paste in your mouth. So what this is, is just a dehydrated toothpaste, but obviously in a tablet form factor. Mm. Um, so it's as simple as that really. So the only thing that's changing is the, um, is the form factor of the, of the toothpaste. But obviously what that means is, we can then use a glass jar with an aluminum lid, no plastic tube, refill that in there, um, eradicate the need for water in the product. So most toothpaste about 30, 40% water. Mm. That means it's got to have loads of preservatives so that it doesn't, pick up mold and bacteria, um, which obviously are artificial. So yeah, that's basically how you use it. And it looks so much nicer on your shelf. Oh, I mean, look, I we, mean aesthetically, we're, wow. we're big brand people, right? So like we we sort of modeled it on Lalabo, Aesop. I mean, Parla means uh, pearl in Swedish. Okay. And we very much like lent into the Swedish aesthetic with regards to like minimalism. And like we've built out all these lovely illustrations across the, bra- the back. Mm. Like we, we really wanted to create a, um, a lifestyle product because at the end of the day we know when you've got your friends coming around do you leave your scrumpled crusty like toothpaste tube on the side no you sweep it away and you hide it in the cupboard whereas this has been designed to be like an icon of the bathroom that actually uh, you're proud of and it's something you probably wouldn't chat with your friends about your toothpaste normally Um, but actually this is a product that people should be proud of using and is better for their health and they should want their friends and their colleagues to use it because it's also better for the planet no, 100%. Would you say the education piece to consumers has been the one barrier to them adopting it as part of their daily routine? Would you say that is probably one of the things that you guys have had to work particularly hard on in terms of marketing? Yeah, and that, that's the hardest piece. I mean, if you're trying to get someone to change a behaviour that they're used to doing, that is the most difficult part. And the education piece is vital. Um, we are what I would call an omni-channel brand, so we are... We were built as a direct consumer brand. It's much easier with socials and online and email and website to be able to educate more effectively. But very quickly in the, in the early stages of our development, within the first year, we were listed by Boots and Sainsbury's. Um, and now Waitrose, Cardo and, and, and lots of others have sort of followed on. But educating on shelf is far harder. Yeah. Um, and that's something that we've definitely struggled with. We're sitting in the toothpaste aisle where people are oftentimes just on autopilot and they either go for the cheapest or they just go for the same one that they get every time. It's, um, it's very much a routine product that you just get every time. So, and we're quite a small box 
and a relatively unknown brand. I mean, we were on Dragon's Den, so that really helped with our reputation, our awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, but apart from that, we're, we're fighting against the biggest companies in the world, right? Mm-hmm. So they have a lot of money to spend on, on brand awareness. So um, at the shelf, it's really hard. And what we see is when we have a, an aisle fin or a barco or any sort of promotional stuff on the shelf, our sales completely skyrocket because we can put on there, did you know that every cheaper toothpaste you've ever used still exists somewhere on the planet? Or we can put on there clean ingredients designed by dentists to be good for you and the planet. Like all of these sort of really true claims that we have, um, it's quite difficult to pack that onto the front of a very small box. But you can see with our mouthwash, like we've we've enhanced, the, we've, we've sort of blown everything up a bit to try and um, bring more attention to the key call out mm. um, because that's our latest packaging. But um, I guess you guys are on subscription as well and I guess that really helps in terms of like habit I guess you yeah. know if you're you do it once you're like, oh that was really great and then you oh I've run out of whatever you pop into the shop you grab it yeah but I guess when it's subscription it's like you never have to worry about it now it's just always there always we, we, there. we, we say never run out of toothpaste again because it's like there's nothing more yeah. annoying than when you run out of toothpaste exactly um and actually for, for a basic like toothpaste or even your toothbrush or your floss or your mouthwash or whatever you use on a regular basis um, it's great to have it on subscription and mm. we have a really flexible subscription service where you can modify it if you've run out early you can bring it early if, if you've got too many you can go late um, so we try to make it as sort of forgettable as possible so that it just arrives through your letterbox you refill your jar that goes in into your green waste and can be fully composted uh, at home or, or industrially and, um, and then off you go no amazing and how does the mouthwash tabs work Obviously, yep. it's so I'm guessing very similar to the very, toothpaste. very, very similar. Um, so let me just caveat the mouthwash thing with a few things. So mouthwash in general is used incorrectly by I would probably say ninety percent of the population. So most people use mouthwash immediately after they brush their teeth. Yeah. So they brush their teeth. I don't know if you are the same. I'm uh, literally here like <laughs> tell me I'm doing this wrong. Please yeah. tell me now. Yeah. So um, so basically mouthwash uh, is used by most people immediately after they brush their teeth. Now the problem with that is um, mouthwash after you brush your teeth washes away the fluoride from your toothpaste which otherwise would sit on your teeth and be active for time after you brush your teeth so uh, I don't know if you rinse your teeth after you've brushed them with water yeah. you shouldn't do that so oh. you should uh, <laughs> I'm yeah. like yeah, <laughs> yeah that's sorry. right isn't it <laughs> I'm dropping a lot of bombs here but, but what we say is spit don't rinse which sounds mm. mad when you don't do it normally and this is something we got taught at dental school I didn't know this before I went to dental school but basically water washes away the fluoride, which means that it's less effective for preventing decay. So, and decay cavities, that sort of thing. Um, so if you rinse after brushing, you're washing that away. So spit, don't rinse. And then it goes the same for mouthwash as well. So traditional mouthwash is obviously a liquid. You rinse with that after you brush your teeth, and then you're actually decreasing the effectiveness of actually brushing your teeth. So the best time to use a mouthwash in general, regardless if it's ours or someone else's, is it any other time during the day? Ideally, just after you've eaten. So the half an hour after you've eaten is the time when you're most likely to increase your risk of cavities. And so using mouthwash, which has got something like fluoride in it or hydroxyapatite, uh, immediately after eating is gonna reduce your risk of those problems, especially if you've had a cheeky biscuit or uh, sweets or something that has got sugar in it. So the problem with that, with most normal mouthwashes, is they're in, again, single-use plastic bottles, 500 mils of mouthwash who's going to walk around with 500 mils of liquid in their handbag or in their pocket not many people (laughs) Um, and so 
what we wanted to do is bring mouthwash out of the bathroom and bring it on the move. So with this, we say fresh breath and better oral health on the go. And obviously with us, we're a tablet, so you can you can travel with these really easily. So we have a little travel tin as well, an aluminium travel tin that you can throw as many of these in as you want. Again, these are the little tablets. These ones are pearl shaped. Mm, so um, nice. this is our brand new form factor. And um, you basically just pop one in, uh, chew on it for 10 seconds, swish it around in your mouth, and then spit out. So you can do that wherever you are. If you're going into a meeting, if you're going on a date, if you're going to a big job interview, wherever you are, you get that fresh breath hit. And the fresh breath effect is amazing. Obviously with us, 100% natural mint flavor, so it's spearmint and peppermint. Um, but it's the ingredients that we packed into this that I'm most excited about. So this has taken me 18 months to build, by the way. All of our products take about that level of time because the ingredients that we're working with, like there's no SLS in any of these products. That means they don't foam up as much. We've got to work with like specific coconut-based foaming agents and all these sort of things are very, very difficult to get right. But the flavor on this is incredible. But the, the, the ingredients in here, the one I want to talk about most importantly are probiotics. So you probably heard of probiotics with regards to your gut health, prebiotics, probiotics. Um, but no one's really talking about um, the microbiome in the mouth. Now, funnily enough, the mouth is the start of the gut. So your gut health really starts in the mouth. We've got good bacteria and bad bacteria in the mouth, the same as we have in the gut. And actually, if the bad bacteria are too active in your mouth, they can actually go down into your gut, colonize your gut and lead to whole body issues. So for example, IBS, really, really common problem, very, very heavily linked with inflammation in the mouth. So if you have gingivitis or gum disease in the mouth, there's lots of studies now to show that it can be linked with IBS in the gut as well. So what we've done here is we've included a specific strain of, of good bacteria called lactobacillus ferment, um, which encourages the good bacteria to outcompete the bad bacteria in the mouth, thereby reducing your risk of decay and gum disease, but also helping to support better gut health as well. Wow. So it's kind of like a double a double whammy yeah. and it's on the go and it's fresh breath. So as I said, I've got a lot to say about this product and it's literally just launched. But that's amazing. Um, so you need no water with that as well. No, no water. And yeah. and the feeling on your teeth because it has hydroxyapatite in it as well you get to really i call it lickably smooth teeth like you get this mm. really lovely feeling on the teeth as well as fresh breath as well as protecting your mouth from problems with with uh with oral health and oral disease wow i mean that is yeah that's amazing i did not even know that gut health started in your mouth that is really really interesting and fluoride we've touched on that quite a bit what why is fluoride so good what's your view on fluoride I always, what do you know about fluoride? I'm now probably gonna not a lot, I guess. I think I always think fluoride is as white. It's a I always I don't know why. I'm probably completely wrong. Yeah. But I always think fluoride means extra clean, extra white. That's what I kind of like have in my head. Okay. Which is probably so wrong. It is wrong, unfortunately. Yeah. Not, not wanting to embarrass you. <laughs> no, that's but fine. But no. So so fluoride fluoride is the anti uh, cavity ingredient. Right. Okay. So uh, fluoride has the most amount of research. Um, around as a uh, an anti-decay, anti-cavity ingredient. Um, it does have a mixed review online. It doesn't have the best PR. Mm. And there's question marks over toxi um, toxicity of it as an ingredient that you use. Okay. Now, I always use the analogy of a banana. So a banana, if you have one banana, is good for you. If you have 40 bananas, you die from a potassium overdose. So that is true of fluoride as well. The concentrations that we're talking about in toothpaste are incredibly low. We know that it is so effective for reducing your risk of decay, um, but in huge doses, it is a toxin and it will be poisonous. So 
that is the the mixed PR that fluoride has online. Right. For us, as dentists creating oral care products, we know that um, dental decay is still one of the most common diseases on the planet. It's still the number one reason uh, that kids go to hospital for general anaesthetic is to have teeth taken out as a result of decay. And so fluoride is a necessary ingredient in the battle against decay, which is still so prevalent. Mm -hmm. um, and we, I mean, there's many, many reasons for that. So we've included fluoride. We're proud of that fact. We know that dentists who support us would never recommend a product which doesn't have fluoride in it. And so for us, we are a dentist design brand that's meant to be good for you as well as the planet. And so we knew that fluoride had to be in there. But right. we are aware, especially with the sort of people um, that want to buy a product who are making conscious decisions for the planet, um, looking at ingredients with high scrutiny, which I'm the same. Mm -hmm. um, I'm very specific about what I'll put in my body. Um, a lot of those people have seen stuff online which is very negative about fluoride and therefore made the decision to exclude it. But all I would say in that fact, I mean, it's your body, you decide what you put in it. Um, but all I would say about that fact is that actually you are massively increasing your risk of getting cavities and you really don't want to be having fillings by me. No, um, okay. And so that's the risk, that's the way you play it. Okay. Now, if you're incredibly meticulous with, your, with your, what you're eating and you have a very low sugar diet and you floss twice a day and you're brushing twice a day, then you might find that you're okay. But the la that's not the case for the large majority of people. And so um, I would advise using a fluoride toothpaste where possible. God, I was very, very wrong. Now I, know, <laughs> now I know what it is. So talking about things like oral health, let's talk about the myths because I'd love to kind of squash some of them or hear your thoughts on some of them. So, so for example, how many times should we be brushing our teeth a day? Twice a day. Yeah, so no more. Is, it, is there such a thing as brushing your teeth too many times? Yes. Yeah, okay. I mean, most people, um, when they brush their teeth, are... They've learned from their parents. Their parents don't necessarily know the best way to brush their teeth. Mm -hmm. And lots of time people are brushing their teeth too hard. So they're really scrubbing at their teeth, whether they're using an electric or a manual, they're giving it this sort of motion. Mm. And you can really actually cause some quite significant damage to the teeth by doing that and to your gums as well. So by doing that three times a day, uh, we do see people who are really trying their best actually causing more damage than good. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of the electric brushes nowadays have got pressure sensors on them, which are great, so you can't really brush too hard. But if you're doing it three times a day, there's still a risk of that being a problem. So brush twice a day uh, for two minutes. Uh, you don't really need to be brushing three times a day. If you want that fresh breath after lunch, use pile of mouthwash yeah. because that's what that's there for. Um, uh, by brushing three times a day, you just run the risk of having more of a problem with with um, wearing away your teeth and gums. Okay, that makes so much sense though, why mouthwash exists. Because I guess after you've brushed your teeth, you shouldn't need to use mouthwash. You're kind of doubling up. Yeah, 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 yeah. okay, makes sense. Okay, so what are your thoughts on coffee and red wine? Because, love it. Love it. Okay, good. <laughs> so I love coffee, I mean, we both have coffee here today. Yeah. I love coffee and I went through a stage of having my coffee through a straw because I didn't want it to sting my teeth. I did all yeah. of that, yeah. I now don't, yeah. um, <laughs> Me thank too. God. Um, but I don't have red wine. and. It's because I don't, it's not something that I've kind of got into yet, but I'm mm -hmm. preventing getting into it because I don't want it to ruin my teeth. Yeah. And that sounds ridiculous, but I've gone through all the whitening, I've gone through all the processes, I'm like, no, 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 I've yeah. got to really, I don't want it to you know, ruin my teeth. So is this a myth or, uh, yeah, where do we, what do we do? No, I mean, at the end of the day, anything that stains a white t-shirt, if you have it frequently enough, 
it's going to stay in your teeth as well. Your teeth have pores in them, just like your skin. The colored molecules get inside the teeth eventually and they stay in your teeth. So eating, any, eating or drinking turmeric or coffee or red wine, all of these things will eventually stay in your teeth. It's just a question of how quickly. And that comes down a lot of time to how well you're cleaning your teeth. But I've got uh, cosmetic bonding on my teeth. Um, I drink probably three double espressos black every day. Um, I drink a bit of red wine, not, not a huge amount, um, but it, it's kind of up to you how you want to live your life. I think at the end of the day, if I said to you, right, you're not allowed coffee anymore, you're probably going to say, well, no, I'm going to have it. Yeah. Um, whereas red wine, you've obviously elected that you, you don't need it. Um, so I think it's a personal thing. It will stain your teeth, but not so rapidly that um, you need to have huge concerns over it. If okay. you, especially if you're cleaning your teeth well. And if you do like coffee and red wine, but also want to keep your teeth looking as white as possible, mm -hmm. is it right that you kind of have lo like lots of water with your coffee and mm -hmm. red wine? Is mm -hmm. that kind of something you can do to try and help the situation or reduce it from staining? Yeah, for sure. I mean, at the end of the day, it comes down to contact time on the teeth. So mm -hmm. if you are immediately rinsing with water after drinking your coffee, then you're going to dilute those color molecules and reduce the amount of staining effect that they have. Um, equally, if you use um, uh, a, a whitening toothpaste, it's going to have stain removal agents in it. So I'll have, for example, four um, non-overly abrasive natural stain removal agents in them. That helps to reduce the impact of stains building up on your teeth over time. Because um, there's two different types of stains. There's inside tooth stains, intrinsic stains, and outside tooth stains, extrinsic stains. So it's oftentimes a combination of both of those things that leads to darker yellower teeth the other thing you can do of course is just whiten your teeth um, yeah. and that deals primarily with the intrinsic stains with the extrinsic stains if you see the hygienist regularly as well uh, we use a process called um, uh, the airflow machines in our in our practice and it's like a, kind of like a jet wash for your teeth just sort of completely eradicates all the stains um, so seeing the hygienist on a regular basis as well is going to reduce how quickly your teeth discolor okay Okay, that's good to know. What about snacking? So I got told that it's good not to snack, not only because of health reasons in terms of like, I don't know, keeping weight down or whatever, mm -hmm. but also because your mouth needs a break and it needs to kind of, your teeth need a break to not be kind of processing food all the time. Mm -hmm. Is that true? Yeah, so if we take a box of chocolates as an example, I would rather you ate the whole box of chocolates in one go rather than having one chocolate every 15 minutes for five hours. Mm -hmm. And the reason behind that is every time you have a, a sugar intake into your mouth, the I'm gonna get a bit sciencey here, I'm afraid, but the bacteria in your mouth eat that sugar, they turn it into acid, and that erodes and, and breaks down your teeth. So every single time you have that sugar intake, your, your body is going to, you're gonna have a higher chance of developing cavities. So that's why having it in one go, you get the, almost the same level of of acid increase from those bacteria but then you have nothing for the next four or five hours and so it's the frequency of these things that's more of a killer for your oral health than uh, actually how much you're having okay that's good to know because my brother and i are both really really good like we'll have our meal then we'll have something sweet after and that's mm -hmm. it yeah and i've always been quite obsessive over that and i was like no it's good for my teeth it's good for my body is that's it's how i should eat mm. and i'm really happy to hear that that is true because i'm like, that right is thing, yeah. yeah that's wrong i'm gonna <laughs> I've ruined all these years by limiting myself. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, the last one is hot water and lemon. Mm -hmm. So I used to have this in the morning and I saw my dentist and they were like, it's too acidic. Mm -hmm. um, is this 
true and also we get a lot of people kind of recommend doing that in the morning because it's great to kind of start your body off in the right way mm-hmm. but i do see how that is like fresh lemon onto your teeth mm-hmm. that's quite you know dangerous to an extent yeah what's your thoughts on it yeah i mean this and apple cider vinegar are both like obviously big trends at the moment and you see lots of health influencers talking about it um i don't disagree with the uh, health benefits of it but you're absolutely right highly acidic uh drinks at any time of the day are going to erode away your enamel and that is going to lead to yellower teeth because you're going to thin the enamel so the, the inside of the tooth is yellower than the outside of the tooth so you're going to get yellower teeth and you're going to get weaker teeth and you're going to increase your risk of decay and sensitivity so I wouldn't, from a dental point of view, I wouldn't advise doing that. If you are going to do it, number one, try and drink it through a straw. That one you probably can do through a straw. Yeah. Uh, a metal straw, preferably. Yeah. So you don't want the BPAs and everything from plastic straws or the impact on the planet. Um, so uh, drink it through a metal straw um, and then try and have something alkaline afterwards. So if you have, for example, milk or cheese or something that's going to neutralize your vegan vegan versions of that mm-hmm. um but something that's going to neutralize the acid so that it has less of an impact and has less of a chance to damage the teeth okay. and then the final thing i'd recommend is using the ingredient we mentioned earlier which is hydroxyapatite in your toothpaste and your mouthwash hydroxyapatite as i say is going to actually rebuild the surface of the enamel so the acid is going to is going to um, erode it back but the hydroxyapatite is going to rebuild it again so okay. by using a hydroxyapatite based toothpaste like Parla Pro or Regenerate or whatever, um, you're going to rebuild the enamel and that's going to um, uh, limit the impact of those acidic drinks. Okay, interesting. And I actually do have one more that I just thought of and that's sparkling water. Mm-hmm. Um, because um, I think it was my brother actually who said to me, you shouldn't drink that, it's bad for your teeth. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh. Is, that, is it bad for your teeth, sparkling water? Um, unfortunately it is, because I also love it. But um, yeah. it, anything carbonated is acidic by the nature of the manufacturing process. So right. it's exactly the same advice that I gave you before. If you can get it in through a straw, then great. Um, of all of the things you're going to drink, I mean, especially with the aspartame stuff that's come out recently, yeah. it's, it's not the worst, but it is... Um, as I say, anything carbonated is going to damage the teeth. So that is a bit of an issue. Okay, interesting. So what else should we know about kind of health in terms of our teeth because i feel like we just think it's it starts and ends in our mouth but obviously you mentioned the starting process of gut health mm-hmm. but is there anything else that kind of links our teeth to our overall health yeah i mean it's massive and this is i think the topic that i'm most passionate about at the moment is the is the link between oral health and whole body health um i think what we're what we're learning in all spaces of, of medicine and dentistry at the moment is that inflammation is the core problem that leads to all these other sort of downstream illnesses. And one of the main issues in the mouth is inflammation of the gums. So we're talking gingivitis, gum disease. Um, If your gums bleed when you're brushing or when you floss, then you have one of those diseases. You have a chronic inflammatory disorder. We don't see it like that in the mouth. We just think, oh, a little bit of blood, oh, I've brushed too hard or I've flossed too hard or whatever. But actually you've you've got a real issue there. So you've got this chronic inflammatory process going on and let's say you do have gum disease um, that has been shown in uh, a lot of research now to be linked with increased risk of diabetes heart disease lung disease alzheimer's infertility erectile dysfunction um, all sorts of, of terrible issues that you would never wish to have 
and it's so intricately linked that actually for example with diabetes if you have the more severe your gum disease is the more severe your diabetes is and the more severe your diabetes is the more severe your gum disease is so they're synergistic with each other as well so it's not just improving your oral health and making sure your teeth look nice and that you don't have problems with your teeth in, in, in later years, you're actually having a huge impact on your, on your whole body health. Um, and that, I think we're really just scratching the surface on that issue. Mm -hmm. And it's something that I'm really, really passionate about because um, I think obviously my focus is protecting people's teeth. And I want them to know that if they lose their teeth, it's a nightmare. And, and we see these trends online. I mean, the TikTok trend of kids going to Turkey age 19, having all their teeth prepared for crowns, 30 crowns for three grand or whatever stupid price it is. Um, and they don't realize that they are setting themselves up for a lifetime of incredibly expensive and uncomfortable dentistry because those crowns will last, if they're lucky, five, 10 years. Oh God, it's They'll then be 29 and then what? Root canals, then implants, like it's, it's a disaster. So I think we really need to focus in on the fact that these teeth will not grow back. We don't have the science to regrow them yet. I mean, I'm sure it's coming with stem cells down the line, mm -hmm. um, but actually we need to look after it for, for the sake of our mouths, but also for the sake of our whole bodies because it's, it's all linked. Yeah, it makes sense because it's a start of like what we put in starts in our mouth. So mm -hmm. it makes so much sense that it then affects everything going down. That's it. Um, but you're right, people just don't see it like that. And I've watched yeah. an awful program about um, kind of child obesity and like, I can't remember the name of it now, but it was awful and it all the damage was it was highlighted about the damage on their teeth and mm. it was just yeah, terrible. And obviously milk teeth fall out, but then that will have an effect on teeth that grow through and like oh it was just yeah, awful, yeah. awful, awful. So I we like to finish with a question I ask everyone and it's back to food again. Okay. And it would be what would be your last meal? So start a main course and dessert. If you could pick any meal, what would it be? You're gonna have, okay. Let me just caveat this before I say it because you are a vegan, I'm not, and it, there is gonna be some meat in this meal. No, nope, that's fine. Um, but I do want to caveat it because I think it's important because obviously my toothpaste is a vegan product. We're animal cruelty free. Um, most toothpastes aren't vegan, by the way. I don't know if you knew that, um, but ours are. Um, and I'm a big believer that, as I mentioned before, like you are in control of what you put in your own body. I'm a uh, a big fan of me I always have been but I'm very very careful with how I source it mm. um, and I won't eat things from from battery or um, sort of really cheap uh, meat my focus is very much on getting local getting grass-fed um, and so I'm gonna caveat the conversation with that to answer it let me have a think because this is quite a difficult question. I know it's very on the spot. Um, so starter I'm probably gonna go for um, scallops I think Oh, good one. Um, yeah. So I'd probably go for scallops. Main course, I would go for steak. Yeah. Uh, a ribeye. I go to Garson's Farm, which is near my house, and the ribeye they have there is incredible. What would you have with the steak? I need some details. With the steak, so I like, um, let me try and pronounce this correctly, uh, Calvera Nero. It's like a mm -hmm. type of kale. Yeah. Which I it's like really earthy and, and delicious. Uh, and then some mushrooms, and then probably some sweet potato fries. Yeah. Um, like obviously like homemade ones yeah um and then for dessert i'd go for panna cotta i think that tends to be the one yeah. I, I order nice one <laughs> good little selection simon thank you so much for coming on this has been so interesting i've been sat here like well 
that's false. Well, I knew that that, that was wrong. <laughs> that was wrong. But honestly, so interesting. And I think we all brush our teeth twice a day, hopefully twice a day. If hopefully. not, it is twice a day. Yeah. And we actually know so little about why. I mean, we know it's for, you know, cleaning it, but like actually the deeper reason for why. Mm. And yeah, it's so, so interesting. So thank you. And I think Parlour is doing an insane job. I think we're just thank at the you. beginning though. I feel like it's such a journey with trying to educate everyone on how, why it's so good. And I think we're beginning to get there with like plastic bags, you know, you know, keep reusable bags, you know, reusable this, reusable that, uh, metal straws we touched on. But toothpaste is one that is actually so obvious, but hasn't been touched on before. So I think yeah. it's a really exciting journey. So yeah, I can't wait to watch you guys grow and it's super exciting. So thank you so much. Oh, thanks for having me. It's been great. Thank you guys so much for listening. And I hope you took a lot away from that conversation as I definitely did. Please support us by sharing this episode with your friends and family, or at the very least, press the follow or subscribe button so you are informed when new episodes are available to download. This really does make the world of difference. Thank you so much again and see you next week.